Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's, Mosaic. How are we all doing tonight? Everybody well-stuffed and well-fed and well-rested? At least some of them. Okay, great. Well, hey, let's stand and sing. I should always clarify because I'm always, you know, you, you do the uncomfortable when, like, your server gives you food and they say, enjoy your meal, and you say, you too, and you just, dang it, oh. So um, I'm not actually going to be standing tonight. So why don't you all stand and sing, and I'm going to comfortably sit. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think, take a seat. Hey, welcome to Fellowship Mosaic. We are so incredibly glad that you are here for our little holiday family service. Uh, family service meaning we are all in here, all ages together. Um, so let's lay down a few ground rules. 
everything's going to be okay. Okay? So here's what that means. Um, it, you know, we, we had, think of this less as a service that you're attending and more as friends getting together in the living room. We had friends in our living room this morning, and we had a great time, great conversation. Kids were being sweet and playing with dogs, and it was just, everything was fine. If, if you can just try to keep your kid alive and not breaking a bone, for the most part, we're, we're going to be great, okay? So let's just relax. It's going to be good. Um, we're going to spend some time singing together and, uh, and hearing from the scriptures and hopefully getting some direction for, for where we can go into this next year. If you are new with us, we're really glad that you're here, and we would love the chance to get to meet you and connect with you. So there's a couple ways you can do that. Um, first of all, uh, my, this is my wife, Cassie. I'm Nick, and there's several other. Oh, yeah, Cassie's great. Y'all can say hi to her. Uh, we would love to meet you, so feel free to come on down to the front and introduce yourself. Um, or you also, if you want to go the digital route, you can text hashtag MoNew to the number on your screen, and somebody will reach out to you this week and, and help you get connected here. So, hey, another one thing, I know um, we're not going to do a lot of announcements today, but there's one really great opportunity coming up that we want to let everybody know about, um, which is called Reengage. Reengage, we do, it, the way we do church here at Fellowship is we do what we call Celebration Cell, which means we have a celebration time on the weekend where we get together to have a worship service, and then we gather in cell or small groups throughout the week to grow and live life together. Well, Reengage is a small group experience around marriage and helping to rejuvenate and bring health to your marriage. And so really, wherever you are in your marriage, whether you're more recently married and you're still fresh into marriage, if you've been married for 40 years, if you feel like your marriage is really healthy, or if you feel like, man, we are really struggling, um, wherever you are in that spectrum, reengage is a great opportunity for you. You can sign up as a couple um, by yourself, or our whole community group is actually going to jump in and do it together as a community group. So we encourage you, reengage is coming up January 14th is when it's getting started. Uh, it's a great opportunity. So you can go to Mosaic NWA org or fellowship I'm sorry we changed the website fellowshipmosaic.org and just scroll down you can see a place to sign up there um, to jump into that so that's really our only kind of announcementy thing that we need to do today so let's pray and we will jump in and keep singing together Lord we love you um, and I pray that this time will honor you um, that we will catch a glimpse of who you are um, and that, uh, Lord, as we do, as we catch a glimpse of you that will be transformed and that you will be honored. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And now if you'll stand, uh, Cassie's going to pray our offering prayer over us. And I know this is sometimes a little odd to be looking at a screen while praying. So if you can, even while looking at the screen, if you can just turn your attention to the Lord. If, that, if it helps you to have a handout or close your eyes every once in a while, I'm not sure. But just turn your attention to the Lord with me as we pray this together. Oh, Father, giver of all, every good and perfect gift comes from you. We ask you to accept these gifts and use them to your glory. May they bring shelter to the homeless, comfort to the sick, rest to the weary, and hope to the hopeless. As you multiply the offering of fish and loaves, multiply these to accomplish more than we could ask or imagine. We give freely and not under compulsion, for all we have is yours, Lord. 
Nothing we can give could match your great gifts to us, your son and your spirit. Amen.
remain standing for the reading of the word. Good evening, Nate, uh, Natesville family. We're the Natesville family. Good evening, Mosaic family. We're the Natesville family. I'm Kara. This is Matt, Dewey, Ruthie, Charlie, and Rex. And as Matt and I were reflecting, we can trace the fellowship thread in our family story back to around 2001 when Matt and I both came to FSM Sunday morning as um, high, school, high school students. And we didn't know each other at the time, but a few years later, we were back here at Fellowship working as summer interns and became friends. A few years later, we got married, and at that point, I started attending Mosaic with Matt. So that's been about 15 years ago that we've been at Mosaic. Our kids have grown up here, um, but there's a very true sense that I can say Matt and I, too, have grown up here. So we're really grateful for this church. Now hear from the word of the Lord. Luke 15, 1 through 7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Uh, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Natal family. Well done. Hey, as a, yeah, you all can take a seat. As we were thinking about how to spend our time together tonight, um, there, there is a a conviction that has been heavy on my heart for the last couple of months. Um, Cassie and I had got the privilege in November of going with a team um, to go be a part of this church planting assessment process. So church planting is where you take a team of people to an area where a church doesn't exist and you try to start one out of nothing. Um, and the purpose is like really intentionally to try to reach people who don't know Jesus. And as I was hearing all of these people who have started churches where there aren't currently churches and their heart for lost people, I felt this, this just little ping in my heart that I think I have lost a bit of God's passion for people who don't know him. That I have grown in danger of spending so much focus on really good things around doing and being church um, that I, I have taken my eyes off of people who are outside the church. And that's something I started praying about. And I started thinking about going into this year. And this passage in Luke um, is one that I really wanna spend some time looking at tonight. But I wanna remind us why fellowship exists, why our church exists, our elders, the people that lead this church have prayed through and given us some ideas. D do you know why? We have, a, we have a purpose. Everything we do we do to glorify God. That is why we are here. Anything we do, even really good work that becomes about making ourselves look important, defeats the purpose of why we're here. 
So we are here as a church to glorify means to give credit where credit is due. So we say we exist to give God the credit that he deserves. That is our big, big, big purpose. So what do we do? What's the actual like activity? If that's the why, what are we after? What is our vision? What is our mission? Well, our, our vision, what we see, what we long to see happen is to see the heart and soul of Northwest Arkansas and the world changed because we exist as a church that Northwest Arkansas would be a different place and the world would be a different place. How do we do that? Well, we do that by the language we use is producing and releasing spiritual leaders who know and express the authentic Christ of Northwest Arkansas and the world. That can be a mouthful. Let me tell you what that means. We want the people who are a part of our church family to be transformed, to be changed, to have their lives changed because they know Jesus. And then we want those people to be launched out to represent Jesus to others, to have a heart to serve and make Jesus known. That's what we exist to do as a church. And so with that in mind, I wanna look a little bit tonight. Cassie and I are gonna walk with, us to, with this family together through Luke 15. And it's really interesting. How many of you have heard the story of the, the 99 and the lost sheep before? A lot of us have heard that story before, and oftentimes, I hadn't seen this for the longest time until a pastor named Tim Keller did a sermon on this, and he pointed it out. A lot of times, we skip over the whole purpose of the story. The purpose of the story is an answer to a question, and that's what happens in the beginning of Luke 15. Look at what happens that causes Jesus to tell this story. In Luke chapter 15, verse 1, it says the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Now, Tax collectors and sinners, just insert the word bad guys, okay? These are the bad guys, and all of the bad guys were hanging out with Jesus. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law insert the word good guys, okay? These are the good people. The, the tax collectors and the sinners, these are the people who are always getting detention, who are always having to sit out at recess, who are always in trouble. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees are the ones who do everything right. They never make a mistake. They get perfect grades. They obey all the time. They are on it. And Jesus is hanging out with the bad guys. And the good guys look at him and said, hey, what's going on? Jesus is supposed to be a good guy, but he's hanging out with the bad guys. Why is that happening? And in answer to that problem, Jesus told a few stories. And these stories that we're gonna look at a little bit more later, they will not make sense the way that I think God meant us to hear them if we don't see that they are answering the question, why did Jesus hang out with bad guys? So here's the question I want us to think about us together right now. Who are the bad guys we don't wanna hang out with? Who are the people we wanna avoid? Now, let me give a caveat here. People your own age. Okay, so kids, I'm not suggesting you hang out with bad guys who are grownups. That's not what we're talking about here, okay? Who are the people your, your own age that you tend to go like, oh, I don't wanna be around them. I don't wanna have anything to do with them. I want to avoid them. Hey, take a minute and turn to the person you came with and if you did, if you did not come with someone else, if you recognize people in here, y'all are friendly, if you see someone sitting alone, rope them in. Turn to someone you came with and talk about that. What are the kinds of people, you don't have to name names, please don't name names. 
what are the kinds of people that you avoid, that you try to stay away from? Take a minute and talk about it together. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk a little and sing a little and talk a little and sing a little. So keep those ideas in your head and we're going to come back to it here in a minute. So let's sing this song about our gratitude to God. All my words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express? Step for a heart singing, hallelujah. 
Now this next part might seem a little weird because we're gonna talk to ourselves. But that's actually something we see happen a lot in the Psalms, in the songs that we sing in the scripture, where David or the songwriter will talk to himself and say, okay, what's the deal? Why aren't you praising? Why are you holding back singing to God? Sometimes that's part of what worship is, is reminding ourselves, okay, turn your eyes to Jesus and praise him. So that's what this bridge actually does. Is it tells our souls, it's talking to ourselves saying, okay, don't back down. It's time to praise the Lord. So let's sing to ourselves an encouragement to worship. So come on my soul, don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul. Got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. So come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up your soul. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. I know it's not much except for Holy, holy. 
take a seat. A desperate search. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. As I was looking at this passage this week, um, the first thing that stood out to me was that Jesus is pointing to things that are valuable. The fact that something is missing is deeply felt by the person who is searching. That shepherd misses his lost sheep. This woman misses her silver coin because the sheep is a living thing. And the coin is not just any coin. The coin is a silver coin. Today, it might be like an elementary school teacher who has a classroom full of students. They all come on in from recess and the teacher pauses and does a little head count. Where's Sarah? Little Johnny pipes up. I think I saw her heading in the direction of the woods behind the school. You can bet that teacher is going to go and find the student, search for the student who went wandering into the woods. The teacher's not going to say, well, I got 24 other kids, so it's gonna be fine. No, sometimes when I think of this parable, I think of the sheep and I'm like, you got 99 other sheep. Okay, but this is like a lost child. 
And that teacher is going to go search and ask other teachers to search and then pull in more and more people until Sarah is found. And when little sweet Sarah who wandered away is found, there will be a huge celebration. We found Sarah. Hey, let me tell you the story of how we found Sarah. Did you know we found Sarah? And that right there is just a tiny flicker of the delight and joy God feels when one lost person comes to know him. Because being known by him, knowing him is being found. So if God delights in and celebrates the lost person who knows him, and I know him and am found, and if you know him and you're found, it means that he delights in and celebrates me. He delights in and celebrates you. So right now we're gonna have a little discussion time and I'm gonna ask you to turn to the same people or if you need to grab other people, go ahead and do that. But you're gonna take turns reading this sentence out loud, one by one, and you're gonna fill in the blank with however you feel. When I think about how much God delights in me, I feel blank. Go ahead and turn to your neighbors and share. join with me as we sing about how grateful we are to know him and be his children.
So Jesus is caught hanging out with the bad guys, and he gets, he gets some attention for it, and so he decides to explain things by telling some stories. And there's actually three stories in this little set, and the first two look really similar. Somebody loses something precious, and they go on a desperate search to find the lost thing. First, it's a sheep. Then it's a silver coin. But the third story, the third story's special. In fact, Jesus has a pattern of doing this, and it's common in teaching. When you tell three similar stories in a row, the third one, that's the big one. That's where you really drive your point home. And the third thing that's lost isn't a sheep or a coin, but it's a son. This is, this is what we read in Luke chapter 15. It says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. Now, right out of the gate, something's different here. We're gonna, tell, we're gonna talk about two sons in this story. And I'm not gonna read the whole story, but what happens is there's an older son and a younger son, and, and the younger son says, you know what? I don't like being part of this family anymore. Anybody have a moment where they felt maybe just a, a tiny bit like, you don't have to raise your hands. Sometimes we feel that way over the holidays. You get a little frustrated, it's a little bit difficult. Well, this son decided he was done. He said, I don't wanna be a part of this family anymore. So dad, Give me whatever money you were gonna leave me when you, were when you died because I don't really care to know you anymore. So give me the money and I'm gonna go do my own thing. And the son takes his dad's money and goes off to a faraway country and just spends all the money having parties and making a whole lot of bad decisions. And at the end of the story, the son comes back and he's found, and there's a party, and it's a big celebration. And it seems just like all the, the, the first three stories. But there's something missing in this story. You see, in the first two, as soon as it was realized that something precious was lost, they started a search. They went looking. But in this third story, nobody goes looking for the lost son. Nobody goes searching for him and tries to bring him back. They wait till he gets in the worst possible place he could be and decides to come back on his own. 
And then we find out a little bit about that older brother. This is what the story says. It says, the older brother became angry and refused to come in. You see, when the younger brother came back, they threw the big party and the older brother says, I don't wanna be a part of that party. He's not gonna come to the party. He says, he looks at his father and he went out and pleaded with him. But his, his father went out and pleaded with the brother and he, he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat, substitute like Domino's pizza and cake, so I could celebrate with my friends. My son, the father said, you're always with me. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You see, in the story that Jesus tells, there's two brothers, and one of the brothers is the good guy. He stays home, he does what dad says, he keeps all the rules, he's very obedient. And the younger brother's the bad guy. He tells his dad he doesn't want to have anything to do with him. He runs off and he blows all of his money making bad choices. And when the younger brother comes back and the dad wants to throw a party, the good guy is angry that the bad guy was welcomed home. The good guy is angry because some of his comfort, some of his money, the younger brother already took his money. Why is he getting more of a party now? I kept the rules. He's the bad guy. He shouldn't get all the, all the blessings. It's important to remember the situation at the beginning that Jesus is addressing. The people who kept all the rules are asking Jesus, why do you hang out with bad guys? At the end of this story, the older brother, even though he kept all the rules, he doesn't understand what makes the father happy. He actually says, even though he was obeying the father, did you see what word it used to describe his obedience? It said he was slaving away. He didn't think of himself as his father's son, he thought of himself as his father's slave. Just obeying and keeping the rules, doing everything that was right, and entirely missing out on the love of the Father. What is the answer to the question, why does Jesus hang out with bad guys? Well, it's because Jesus isn't like the older brother. You see, Jesus' Father lost something really precious to him. Every human on earth, we all turned away from God, and Jesus didn't sit with his father enjoying all the comfort. Jesus left heaven and went to a faraway country to chase after, to seek after the lost one. Jesus is doing what the older brother should have done in this story. And in fact, Jesus tells us that in Luke chapter 19. He explains the son of man, that's Jesus, came to seek and save the lost. Jesus's purpose is to go after lost people. Now, if our purpose as a church is to see people transform to be like Jesus, what does that mean about us? A couple of decades ago, there was a 
an idea that was really popular in a lot of churches. They called it being seeker sensitive. And what that meant is they said, hey, if somebody who is a seeker who's seeking after God comes in our doors, someone who maybe is a, a, what we would call a bad person comes in our doors, we wanna make sure that we're welcoming. We wanna make sure that we make them feel at home and that they can understand what's going on. Is that a bad idea? No, that's a great idea. Of course our churches should be open. And that's what we wanna be at Mosaic. We actually say that like the whole meaning of Mosaic is we wanna be a place where we know everybody's broken. The truth is we've all done bad things. There aren't good guys and bad guys. They're all sinners who are lost and need Jesus. We say we're all broken and yet God loves every one of us. We matter and God gets the glory. We wanna be seeker sensitive. We wanna be a place where people can come in here and feel safe, no matter what they've done or what's been done to them. That's part of why we're doing a Celebrate Recovery series over the next three weeks, is so we can start talking openly about hard things that have been done to us and hard things that we've done. So we're gonna share openly in here. We'll do it in an age-appropriate way for who's in the room each week. But we wanna be open and welcoming to lost people. But being open and welcoming is not enough. God did not just keep his doors open waiting for us to come back. God went after us. Because the seeker in Jesus' life is not the person looking for God. It's God looking for lost people. That's who does the seeking is Jesus. So what I want us to pray about as a church is what would it look like in 24 for us to be seekers? For us to be people who see ourselves sent to go find lost people in our lives. If we understood the heart of the Father, we would see every lost person in Northwest Arkansas the way he does. The way, as Cassie said earlier, the teacher who realizes, whoa, I lost a kid, would go after that kid. If we start to look more like Jesus, we start to feel that way about the people in our lives. So here's the last discussion question we're gonna have. Who is one lost person to whom God might be sending you this year? Is there someone you know in your class, in your neighborhood, in your workplace? We're gonna have a couple of minutes of silence and I want you just to pray for them right now. Take a moment to pray about what it might look like for you to go meet that person and begin telling them how much God loves them this year. So take a moment to talk to the Lord about it.
So in light of having a father who never leaves one behind and who celebrates in heaven when one person turns to him, one of the most sacred and beautiful things we get to do as a church is celebrate together through baptism. So welcome Andrew and Hannah Marble and we'll celebrate with them. You ready? All right. Well, uh, it's exciting to be here tonight, and I um, uh, just want to uh, start by, um, I guess, introducing us. Uh, I'm, I'm Andrew Marble, and, and this is my daughter, Hannah. Um, uh, our family has gone to Mosaic for, uh, my wife and I started coming here um, about 16, 17 years ago now, which means that much like uh, the Natal's kids, uh, Hannah's grown up here, and uh, um, it's just... Um, Pretty exciting um, to be uh, to be here to get to um, baptize um, uh, my daughter tonight. I've got the same privilege of a few years ago of baptizing my son here, and so it's a special place. And I would just say a quick thanks to um, all of the people who have uh, poured into our kids' lives um, over the years. Uh, uh, Scott, um, uh, the, the Dor- Dana Dorch, and um, Lori Hashin and uh, uh, the Natesels and Scott Jones, so many folks, um, and so just appreciate all of you guys and and uh, get to be part of this. So, anyway, with that said, um, Hannah, I've got a question for you. Um, is it your testimony that Jesus uh, died to make an end of all of your sin, and that it's your desire to follow Him all of the days of your life, and that He um, He rose again um, to uh, 
to uh, put an end to, to everything um, and, and make you a new person. It is? Okay, all right. Then it's my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in a new life. Let's stand and celebrate together. I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. A man's empty praise and treasures to fade are never enough. Then you came along, then you came along, and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Better than you, Lord, there's nothing, nothing is better than you. And I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all. Still call me friend. The God of the mountain. The God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Sing, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's You're the only one 
better than you there's nothing better than you lord there's nothing nothing is better than you amen mosaic happy new year we are so excited that we get to worship together and we're prayerful and excited about what the lord has for us in 2024 hey a couple of quick things before you go there are designated sections for prayer in the back, right and left. And if, if you'd like to have somebody go to the Lord on your behalf, we would love to join you in that. So just hang out back there. Somebody will come pray with you. Also, there is not a second hour right now. So I'm gonna ask everyone here to practice some aggressive friendliness. If you see someone walking into church right now who looks confused and disappointed, this is a great opportunity to say, hey, why don't you go grab dinner with us, okay? As a great substitute for coming to second hour, hang out together. We love you all, Mosaic. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.